This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Welcome to it, the first edition of Your Tech Report for the month of August. Welcome to it. I am Marco Flalo, welcoming Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Good morning. You know Mitchell. what? Uh, good morning, Mark. I am Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. And you know, as we always do, or as I always do, when that intro music plays, I am dancing like a madman. I will say it's not attractive, but this week I feel especially I have good reason for a happy dance because I was channeling my inner child today, mixing with my inner grown-up. The two kind of met to make an inner 30-year-old? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. We have a lot of fun stuff today, a lot of big news, more news than we've had in a long time. The last week has been a huge news week for technology, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely say so, and I think it's a big sign of what we're gearing up to, which is this very cool fall of very cool new technology. Obviously, the expectations around Samsung and Apple, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but there's a lot more. Well, before we go on, Mark, I need to ask you a favor, because I think this is something you enjoy doing. You know, we get so many of our requests for, through social media, through emails. Could you tell our lovely, ever-expanding audience how they could reach us, possibly, maybe? I can do that, absolutely. There's well, a couple ways to do, do so. Yeah. Let's go okay. start with email. Contact yourtechreport.com. Yeah. We love your emails. We read them all okay. the time. We use them right. for ideas to, to review stuff and to talk about stuff. Contact at yourtechreport.com. If you happen to be a fan of the Facebook, you can go facebook.com <laughs> slash yourtechreport. We post all our latest posts there, our latest shows, et cetera, et cetera. What and about the Twitter? The yeah, Twitter, Mitchell, Twitter. is yeah. at yourtechreport. You notice the theme. I'm trying to really keep things simple for the people, your tech report. And if you forget all that, Mitchell, just go to yourtechreport.com and we have it all laid out there, complete with archives of shows and lots of fun stuff. Plus, if you want to listen to us in other places, you can find out how to listen to our show in the various methods and places that you could listen to our show. Let's go a little crazy now. Let's give our should we give our personal Twitter accounts if people want to show us some love um, personally? Should we do that? Why not? Yours is at M underscore Whitfield. That's W H I T F I E L D. That and is mine. Mine is at Mark Aflalo. So M A R C A F L A L O. Mitchell. Yes, Mark. Biggest news of the week, I think, yes. other than yes. the hoverboard that Lexus is about to announce, is Isn't Windows cool? 10. Okay, Mark, I, I, don't say another word. I, I want to I wanna say something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, first of all, you were a part of the preview program, so you've had a lot of time to spend with Windows 10. I'm going to give you, before we go in-depth, because no one goes in-depth with Windows better than you, and I'm not going to try and say that I do, but what... The nice thing about me coming in late and actually getting my update as a regular consumer, as everyone else did, is that I have that perspective now. And I have to tell you, I think it was a couple of days ago, Mark, I was on my PC, and I mostly, as you know, I use my PC for gaming, I use my Mac for the other stuff, and I use both platforms for different things, right? I think a lot of people are probably like that as well. I was on my PC, and it said a message came up and said, hey... Would you like to prepare for the Windows 10 upgrade? And we will download in the background as it becomes available. And then we'll tell you when it's ready to install. I was like, uh, okay. Entered my email address, Microsoft account, Mark. Last night, or not last night, it was a few days ago, I guess. The other night, I, I was greeted with, 
It's ready. Would you like to install? Mark, do you know how long it took before I was up and running with Windows 10? Tell me. How long did it take? Less than 10 minutes. <laughs> it, it, the, the way that they did this, the way that Microsoft rolled it out, and the way it seamlessly installed, usually when, it, when you're talking about a full OS, and this is a big OS jump, right? When you're talking about a full operating system installed on a computer, yeah. it could take up to an hour, and then you have to worry about compatibility and half your software not working. My experience, I'm not alone in this. This was ridic- ridiculously simple, and it works so well. It works so well. Yeah, no, the, the, the whole experience of upgrading is absolutely insane. But the funniest, one of the coolest things is that you can also, as easily, Mitchell, downgrade. If you so, if you wanted to do that, if you if you upgraded to Windows 10, you're like, you know what? There's something that just doesn't jive for me. You want to go back to your previous version, no matter which version it is, you can downgrade as easily to that operating system, which is ultra cool and uh, insane. And now, would I be would I be out of place? Do you think this is crazy of me if you say if you're if you're out there and if you're like me, if you've mostly used Mac for your day to day, if you've mostly used you know OS ten and your, the Apple environment, if you have an iPhone and it all comes together, we know how it all comes together. If that's what you're used to, I think a lot of people in the Mac world would say, ah, oh, Windows, I'm never going back again. I can tell you, using both now and having had a little bit of time with Windows ten. You owe it to yourself to try this operating system because it ain't what it ain't what you think it is. It's now we're not talking about even though Windows XP was great. Uh, I mean, it, this is a whole new world of Windows, and I I think it's worth. I think Mark, they're going to be switching a lot of people that have been with Mac for a long time and have been waiting for something like this to come on the PC. Don't you think this is going to bring in a lot of new customers? Am I, I crazy to think this? I think a lot of this is two sided. I think a lot of customers who have been waiting and haven't switched to Mac who have been on Windows 7 or Windows 8 will no doubt upgrade to Windows 10 and will absolutely fall in love with this operating system. I think that Mac users who switched to a Mac years ago, like I did, Mitchell, like you did, who spend time with Windows 10 will find it very, very, very difficult to convince yourself not to switch back to Windows. This operating system does an incredible job at really kind of staying out of your way. It, no, really, it, t- it takes the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. It takes everything you loved about every iteration of Windows, then added it, made it more user-friendly. The UI is the best that any... It's Now they finally integrated the tiles in a way that doesn't confuse you. I always felt like, am I doing something wrong? Should I be using tiles more? Should I be using standard desktop mode more? Now they've integrated the two to the point where, oh, this finally makes sense. So... Kudos to Microsoft and kudos to a great rollout, which sometimes is the worst part of the experience and ends up turning off a lot of people that did not happen. We're only hearing great things. Here's what I urge you to do. I urge you to use Windows 10, whether in a virtual environment, on a desktop, no matter what it is. If you're a Mac user, definitely spend some time, especially if you've, you, know, you were a, a Windows user previously. You are going to fall in love with this operating system in every way, shape, or form. That, you know, if I think about it and I try to figure out the, the main items that I wanted to explain to people, there's, there's definitely that start menu because the start menu not only is back, but it brings together, as you said, Mitchell, the best of Windows 7, the best of Windows 8, the tiles. It, it merges perfectly with a virtual assistant, Cortana, 
Um, the other feature I th- find, which is is great and nothing new, it really kind of comes from OS ten, is is virtual desktops. If right. you want to separate work and play, or if you want to use more screen real estate because you don't have it, virtual desktops allow you to do that. And the other one is Snap Assist, which allows you to kind of drag a window to a corner and it'll snap it there for you, so you can very cohesively work in in multitasking and multi windows, which are really really cool. And let's not forget about one of the most important parts of the computer experience. I mean, for a lot of people that are just using their computers these days for web browsing, the big, huge jump, finally leaving the Explorer name behind and the new browser named Edge. Uh, I got to tell you, not only is it contextual, it will give you information based on what page. I mean, we knew that was coming. What really surprised me was the speed. Because I have to tell you, I stopped using Explorer a while back because I felt, even as it got better, and they, it still felt bogged down to yeah. me. It felt heavy. The browsing experience felt heavy, which is the exact opposite of what you want. But Edge, I don't know how it was for you, Mark, incredibly snappy. I've had pages load, load faster than any, and we're talking you know, faster than Firefox or Chrome or Safari. So I was really, really impressed by Edge. I was definitely impressed by Edge. And there's some things that people don't even realize. The Microsoft Phone Companion app, okay? Right. Enables iPhones, Android phones, even Windows phone to work seamlessly with Windows 10. They've done a really big, big job at integrating the iPhone experience into Windows 10. You're not going to be able to get things like your text messages and iMessages and stuff like that. But it really is narrowing that gap and giving you less and less of a reason to stick to one operating system just because your phone might be in that ecosystem. Don't forget, you can download and use iTunes and access all your stuff from that's in the cloud. You can use iCloud on a Windows PC. There are so many reasons for you to try it out, and I urge you to do so. And I think over the coming weeks, Mitchell, we'll focus and hone in on some, some components of Windows 10 and really talk about those in depth. I just wanted to touch on what you just mentioned. I think all of the big three in the mobile world, those being, uh, you know, Android, iOS, and uh, Windows Phone, they've they've all done a really good job making themselves accessible to uh, to multi-platform use. And I think by Microsoft putting the attention and making sure iPhones were comfortable in this environment, it's really smart because they don't want they don't want a segmented market. They don't want people to feel like the only people that can invest in Windows 10 are people that are rocking a Windows Phone. They want people that have different devices. And Android, iOS, they want all to be invited in. Again, it's what Apple did a while ago, bringing people into their ecosystem, Microsoft making it open like this and accessible, and I'll say it again, blazingly fast. They've done an excellent job. Let's let's talk about some other things that happened this week, Mitchell, because uh, we'll, we'll always circle back to Windows 10 because there's so many different right. things. For example, Intel. Intel announced a brand new storage chip that is a thousand times faster than flash memory. Why is this important? A, how fast are they going to hit production? Well, they're already producing this chip. This means that our experiences on things like Windows 10 and things on OS 10 are going to speed up so dramatically that it's going to make or break. It's, it's not going to make or break. It's going to make our experience that much better on all platforms down the road. And we're talking about market, you know, it's going to be in the market in a couple months. Now, I read about this a couple of days ago. I'm glad that yeah, glad that you brought this up because we're not talking about an incremental speed increase. You'll, you'll normally hear, Mark, when, when we hear these keynote speeches, whether it's by Microsoft or Apple or whoever, and they're saying, we've boosted a 30, we're talking a 30% increase. And people are laughing, screaming like, oh my God, and that is 30% is a big boost. We're talking a, we'll say it again, a thousand times faster. This is beyond next level in terms of computing power that we're used to right now. The thing is, Mark, what I read, and tell me if you saw something similar, was that for right now, they're talking more about the business applications for these uh, for this faster speed. We're talking about uh, 
uh, point price of, you know, point, I can't say the word, when you go and make a purchase in a store, when you're using digital, doing digital transactions, yeah. computer transactions, we're going to see, I think, the first applications in business more than just the personal side, and then it will expand to the personal side, which is what happens with a lot of technology. It starts on business, trickles down to the consumer, but a thousand times faster? We're not, we're talking inconceivable numbers here. Inconceivable. It is. It is absolutely insane. So I teased you before. Lexus on August fifth, Mitchell is yes. going to be unveiling its first, first, last, whatever it is, a hoverboard, an actual working hoverboard. And if you look at some of the teasers that we'll post on our Twitter accounts, this is actually the hoverboard that you expected to see. You know, ten years ago, and Back to the Future Two came out. 2015, and we're seeing the first hoverboard. No details. We know it's. We, we have this idea that it's only going to work over metal surfaces. But wow, is this cool? Well, I'll give you the only details that were given to us so far. That it really works because remember when Back to the Future happened. Of course, yeah. there was the big hoax that they had a working prototype that didn't that didn't really exist. This really works. Working hover. It uses magnetic levitation, which which makes sense because we we talked about you know like. Um, railless trains and these magnetic freeways yep. that cars that have this magnetic field okay and liquid nitrogen cooled superconductors so we're talking about a combination of <laughs> magnetic levitation and liquid nitrogen cooled superconductors wow. to keep it in the air um Listen, with everything that we see coming out, with with technology expanding exponentially every day, I can't wait to see this thing in action. And uh, from everything we're hearing, folks, it really exists. Marty McFly and Doc not included. But yeah, it looks pretty incredible. Mitchell, this coming week, uh, specifically August 7th, you'll be able to choose one of 16 configurations of the Apple Watch at a Best Buy location. This is the first national chain that's going to be carrying the Apple Watch. They're not going to have the watch edition, the most expensive one, but they're going to have right. 16 configurations of the uh, the sport watch and the other model as well, um, 38 and uh, 42 millimeter versions of both the sport and the watch models, um, it, which means, I guess, that any kind of supply constraints that Apple had at launch should be done if they're offering it at stores like Best Buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, what we're seeing here is Apple's a- attempt, and a smart attempt or from a very brilliant company that puts out great devices, to try and expand the market for a product that has cooled off a bit. That's what, that's what I'm seeing when I, when I read this and when I read this the other day. Because let's, let's look back on it, Mark. Let's look at the Apple Watch. Remember, Apple said it will only be sold online. That's the only way you can get it. You can look at it in store, only be sold online a month later. Only sold online in a few specialty stores in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Miami, Paris, and London. Let's move a little forward. Remember what we said? Now we're going to sell it in the Apple Store too. And it seems like as it, it seems like this whole plan was let's see what happens as we go along. Now with Best Buy getting it, this is telling me that Apple wants it out to a more mainstream market. Yeah. And yes, we know it's only natural that once the initial supply constraints are released, that the demand is going to go down. It's like anything else. If you can't have it, you want it. Well, now that it's available, maybe I don't want it so much. That's human nature, right? Yep. We want the relationship we can't have. We, you know, nobody wants to be part of a club that will have them. Same thing. So now Best Buy, first of all, it's a great opportunity for them, but also this will maybe stimulate sales a little bit, which quarterly have slowed down since the you know the constraints have been lifted. So let's see what happens. Mitchell, Volkswagen is uh, delivering or arriving in their stores right now. Their first car is with CarPlay. Isn't that cool? I, I, I wish I had one in my VW because, uh, yeah, it would make a huge difference. Well, yeah, I, I saw this. It's funny. So they're changing off. All, it's, a, it's a mid-model year change. 
all the newer cars are going to have this new MMI, this new multimedia interface that is going to feature not only CarPlay, but also uh, Android's operating system as well. Yep. You can get your hands on those right now if you go buy a car. Obviously, make sure you're picking the correct model year if you want to get your hands on that as well. Um, CBS is going to be streaming all national Super Bowl ads next year. This is interesting because it's the first time that no matter where you are with geolocation and blocking, you'll be able to get those Super Bowl ads. Well, I think people, I think they, first of all, it's brilliant because let's face it, a lot of people, just uh, people, especially people that are not hardcore football fans, and it's, let's face it, the Super Bowl is not always the best football game of the season. Sometimes it's a blowout, but people tune in to watch those ads. Those are big money. People spend big money to make them, and now they're making big business out of showing them. I think it's smart. Well, one of the things that they're doing is the NFL is forcing people and CBS is forcing people to make these commercials available online. So they won't have a choice. But what they're also doing as part of this, because they're reaching a broader audience, they're going to be able to charge as high as $4.7 million for a 30-second Super Bowl ad. Oh, please, that's like pocket change. We could make like 12 of those right now. Let's do it. Let's, let's do call it. Up, let's call it. Let's start shooting today, man. Let's do it. Let, let, Mitchell, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. There's lots more right. news of the week. We've got some stuff from Motorola. They announced a lot of stuff this week. T-Mobile keeps breaking the bank. They keep going out of their way to, to make sure that other carriers are pissed off at them, and I love it. It's all great. It's your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We're back in just a couple seconds with more news of this past week. Your tech report will be right back. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. And of course, on Twitter, it is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and contact at yourtechreport.com. You know, Mark, I remember in the uh, previous segment, I was having a senior moment, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to say. It was point of purchase. Point of the purchase. point of purchase, yeah. When you, when you, that's where they have all the little machines. You can do your little wireless transactions at NFC and Air, you know. The whole thing with Apple Pay. So, yeah, point of purchase. I was having a senior moment, but I'm better now. It's okay. You are better now. Uh, Mitchell, T-Mobile, I mean, uh, I'm in Canada. You're in the U.S. T-Mobile seems to want to really shake up that industry, and and their CEO, John Legere, is just uh, such an animated character. You love this guy, don't you? I love this guy because, you know what, he's uh, one of the first interviews I saw with him was probably like in in a... all things decoventer or something, and he was swearing like a pirate on stage. And it's just, it's, it's so nice to see someone who just gets it, and you could tell, obviously communicates with the, with this client base, and and is just a really down to earth guy, and just says, he's hey, a regular let's, guy, right? Yeah, let's yeah. just try and do it, or you know, at least is perceived that way. And the latest uncarrier event from T-Mobile brings two Apple-related things to the table, one of which okay. is Apple's music will not be counted towards your data bucket. So, A, they've just given you 10 gigs per person in your family if you're on their family share plan. But now, if you stream music, they've got almost every single music service doesn't even count towards your data. So you can be streaming all this music and still have all this data to serve with. Uh, that, that's crazy. And uh, if, if you are interested in making a move from your current carrier, first of all, the first thing you need to do is call your current carrier because I guarantee you there's a better deal they can have for you. If you haven't changed your plan in a while, we always recommend talking to your carrier before you make any move just because it's easier yeah. and see what they can do for you before you leave because there's nothing more enticing to have them hear you say, I'm going to leave. What can you do for me? And then yeah, you'll get exactly. the best deal. But I, but I will tell you, Mark, it is as, as great as these deals are, they are much more similar than they are dissimilar. And what I mean by that is a lot of these companies, when you look at these great prices that you hear, T-Mobile's no different. I know Sprint is very 
competitive here in the States. All, both of those, you know, two, T-Mobile and Sprint, trying to compete with the two big boys, AT&T and Verizon. And a lot of the great deals that you see are on contract-free phones. So please keep that in mind. And they're also pushing these, you know, like the next plan where you don't put anything down or yeah. you'll pay monthly for your device. All these plans are, are sort of built around that now. So if you're not doing that, if you're still doing the subsidized model where you pay two or 300 for the phone and you're locked in for two years, it, it, it a lot of the times it ends up evening out in the end, but these plans are a lot more similar than you actually think. Yeah, you really, you really got to pay attention to the fine print no matter who is offering you the service because there's always someone who's going to compete and always someone who's going to give you something better or that appears better. So I just I right. just find the presentation and the way T-Mobile comes up, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, oh, great. Yeah. presentation is great, but if your coverage isn't what you need, and I know that T-Mobile suffers in a lot of areas in terms of great coverage, which is why people choose different carriers in different places. In Canada, it's not as clear-cut, Mitchell. There are three major carriers that have a, a great stronghold on the market, and their coverage right. really is phenomenal and very similar. So there's not areas and states or provinces where one's better than the other. I know you, for example, with AT&T, because it's power- stronger in California. It, well, it's it's not just in California. It's where I happen to live, and you touched on it. It matters where you live and work. And the fact is, if you have your regular home phone, a lot of people now are ditching their are ditching their home phone service. Yes, they're ditching the typical Bell carriers, and they're just going with their mobile devices. And if that's what you're going to do, you want to make sure that whatever mobile carrier you go with has great coverage in your home. If you're going to be using, if you're ditching your landline, whatever service you choose has to work where you live your life. It doesn't matter if you get great reception when you're on vacation, it has to be where you're going to use the phone at work and at home. So just make sure whichever carrier you choose, there's a healthy dose of what works best in my area that factors into the decision. Let's talk about Google Translate for a second. They have added 20 new language to its video text translation service. So what this is, it used to be a a company called, I think it was HoloLens or I can't remember the name of the company they bought, that allows you to hold up your phone to a sign in English or whatever language it is. And you'll see an instant translation to the language of your choosing, which That's is brilliant, really cool when you're traveling, especially <laughs> yeah. when you don't know where you are. Trust me, come to Montreal, you'll probably take advantage of that a lot. <laughs> um, not only that, but they've also updated their search, which now warns you about crowded stores. So it's taking all their crowd. What? Yeah. So they're basically taking all this data of locations and where you are and what you're doing, and they can tell you when a store is crowded in real time or based on trends. Okay, that's a little upsetting, but it's really kind of cool at the same time, which is really important, especially, listen, when you come visit me, Mark, there's nothing we like better than a good shopping trip. Oh, yes. Especially if you're you're getting stuff for Wendy, you know, if you're taking a trip, you know you're getting something nice for Wendy. And wouldn't it be nice to know that there are certain places that we need to avoid because there are just too many darn people. It's a little big brothery. But I'll take it. Listen, I'm sure that when you go renew your driver's license, you want to make sure that you walk into the DMV when nobody Ugh. else is there. So this is a, definitely one of the things that you will take advantage of. The last bit of Google news is about their project Loon. Now, for those of you okay. that don't know, Google has this whole wing called their X division. Okay, It's projects, things they're playing with, and trying to figure out what kind of new technology they're going to do. This is where Google Google Glass started. And now Google Glass has been kind of commercialized, and we're waiting to see what comes of that. Project Loon is a project that Google has created that provides internet to locations that are hard to get wiring and wireless signal. So they do it via your old-fashioned weather balloon. What? Yeah. So you've never seen this? So basically, this giant balloon is capable of staying afloat (laughs) in the air over 
think of anywhere a weather balloon could float. Um, it could stay in the air for over 100 days, and it uses other balloons to bounce signal off of different places, providing 3G internet to places that are hard to reach. And they've come together with Sri Lanka, you know, the entire islands of Sri Lanka, to provide right. internet service to those people that have not had access to internet service. And yes, 3G speeds are not the fastest in the world, but if you think about the over 20 million citizens in Sri Lanka, only right. 3 million have access to internet right now. Okay, so what I want to let our audience know about is that in addition to Google launching, uh, to, to putting these balloons in the air and to having this service by balloon, there's a great new service coming out. It's called Two Giant Tin Cans and an Enormous <laughs> String. And what this does is this takes two giant tin cans <sighs> and one enormous string and gives you coverage among multiple rooms in your home. The only difference so is, this is, real? is this real? I mean, are you joking with me now that two giant balloons giving internet? Click the link. Click the link right, I sent you. I do right, this right, prep right. document, and I give Mitchell the link, and he doesn't believe I me. Know, but I knew Look everything up on Project the document Loon, except for go this. Go to YouTube, type in Project Loon. They talk all about it. It's been something they've been working on for years now. And the goal is, and the, even Bono's been on with them about this, about connecting the entire world to the Internet. Which and is there great. Are places I think they do it by balloon. Well, well yeah. and there are places you just can't string lines. You can't have a satellite in orbit, you know, 30,000 feet in the air. It has to be <laughs> higher up to be able to do that. You have to have the technology and the infrastructure. Well, they've partnered with Google, the entire islands of Sri Lanka, and local carriers to provide internet <laughs> service to their 20 million citizens. Can I tell you something? You, were, you weren't joking. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure you could you look, in the, uh, look in the archives if you go to The Verge or any of the other websites that will cover this. These are giant weather balloons. And, yeah, you know what? It's, it's kind of cool because it's mixing old school with new school. Next thing, we're going to see these modern toilets in the form of outhouses. I like mixing old and new together. These high-end toilets in an outhouse. That, see, that's the same concept. <laughs> Bringing the Internet to you in a giant balloon. Hello, my baby. Hello, my dad. It's great technology, man. Oh, boy. That's crazy. It's Mo crazy. Motorola had a big week, big week. Motorola announced some new phones. We've got the Moto X Style, the Moto X Play. These are made-in-America Motorola phones. They are completely customizable. Um, you've got great LTE you know, and bandwidth. Um, you've got a bigger battery on the Moto X Play, but a slightly smaller display. You've got some waterproofing. Obviously, you get the latest version of Android 5.11 Lollipop. Um, very, very cool phones from Motorola. Let me ask you this, Mark. Do you think, because we remember when Motorola first came out with these devices, the build-your-own devices, and you could you know, choose the, the back of it, you could choose the side color, the button color. Yep. And actually, when we first tested the Moto X, I was very impressed because they ran very fast. They're very snappy devices. The screens were great. Cameras were great. Great. Do you think that now you're talking about this, the new Motorola, did Motorola drop the ball so much that it's the phone isn't as relevant as it should have been, considering how great it was when it first came out. Then they changed the way you ordered them. They changed the production, you know, facilities. Did they lose momentum? Because this is a phone I feel that should have gotten much better placement in our in our mind share than it actually received. So, do you think they kind of dropped the ball and they never really caught up with the Motorola X project? I think that we we 
put Motorola on this higher pedestal because of our history with Motorola. And I'm talking about going back to the big brick phone, the StarTacs, yeah. the analog <laughs> phones that were, you know, there was there were no other phones but Motorola until right. Nokia came in the market, and then it was easier to import other phones. So we keep them on this pedestal, and we forget that the that Google once owned them for a very very yeah. brief period of time, and they're the ones who introduced this whole made in America, this whole customization. That's uh, right. But with customization comes things like delays and time, and you can't just get your hands on the phone like you can other phones. So I I, I definitely do. Agree with you i think the motorola is is ha, has dropped several pegs in the pecking order when it comes to the cell phone market which is too bad and if you have a chance to get your hands on one of the moto x phones they really are good devices and they really are reasonably priced you know they're they're unsubsidized phones and I, I think they're still priced under 300 dollars without a subsidy so they're still very reasonable and very powerful and really cool looking so if you're looking for an android device that's a little bit different maybe you don't want to spend as much as you would on you know the galaxy s series which is beautiful but you know htc also costly it's a good option off the top of the show, we obviously talked about Windows 10. One of the things that we kind of omitted intentionally because there's just not that much news about it is is Windows 10 for phones. We know Windows 10, this whole operating system, is going to be cross-platform available on tablets. It will be available on phones. We're expecting a street date around September, but we're also expecting Microsoft to kind of lower the amount of physical pieces of hardware that they actually produce because they realize other people can make great hardware for their operating system. It's just a matter of who's going to be releasing those new phones for the operating system. And we're hearing that Acer might be one of those companies that releases a Windows phone in uh, 2015. IFA, which is the European version of the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, is in September. And we're expecting to see some Windows phones and maybe even some hardware from Microsoft around that time frame. Yeah, I, I think they're, gonna, they're still going to. I think they're still having success, and I hope they have continued success. For example, with the Surface platform, so yes. Microsoft and their devices still alive and well. And I would like to see them still continue in the handset market because, as you know, we heard years ago when Steve Jobs was making that great quote. You know, people that design their own software should make their own hardware. The you know the the symbiotic relationship of those two. It's always great when the same company does both. And let's face it, I've loved. I've loved these Windows phones. If people, again, if people have never tried a Windows phone device, you really need to try them. Go into a store, take some time and look, because not everyone, listen, Android isn't for everyone. iPhone, as great as it is, is not for everyone. For a lot of people, Windows is a built into the ecosystem that, you know, Windows phone already taps into the ecosystem that you've been a part of for years. The tile system on a phone is actually brilliant. It's not as confusing as it used to be back on Windows 7 and 8, or Windows 8 rather. So, yeah, I think it's definitely worth looking at and I hope they continue to make them. Mitchell, you and I try to dive into the automotive world. There are so many lines that cross when you come to consumer electronics and technology and the things that we like in the automotive world. Right. When you think of cars and you're a big car fan and you think of ways you can find out about new cars and TV shows, there's one TV show that comes top of mind and that's Top Gear. Of course. Now, Top Gear ceased being produced by the BBC uh, this past year due to some issues with their Legal hosts. Legal issues, let's say. But yes. there's a reason I'm bringing this up, because that show will be coming back with those hosts, not necessarily the name Top Gear, but it is coming to Amazon. That's brilliant. There were rumors that Netflix was going to try and pick it up and do it as a Netflix original, but no, Amazon has partnered with uh, the host of the show, and they will be releasing a brand new show, obviously a motorist show, um, with Richard Hammond, James May, and of course Jeremy Clarkson this fall. 
Well, here's to hoping none of the producers get punched in the face. That would be my first reaction. <laughs> but let me tell you, this is a fantastic show. And it's one of those shows, to me, it's one of the great shows that first started becoming serialized on YouTube, where they would take individual segments of the show, and you could watch them on YouTube and, and, and sort of create a show of your own liking, the different reviews and the different cars and different segments. Love that. Um, but it also shows you, Mark, something that we've been talking about from early. I think we were early on board with this, that the TV model that we're used to, the sponsor-driven television model that North America has been, most of the world has been used to for years, I think will go the way of the dodo in the next five years. Because now, with you know, with um, subscription-based services like Netflix and Amazon producing their own content, they're no longer relying on other people to buy content from. They're producing their own content. They know their budgets because they already have a, a subscription base that pays for these shows in advance. I think what we're seeing is the future of television where sponsorships will no longer be an issue. People can pay with their dollar and decide what they want to watch and not let Nielsen boxes decide. So kudos to Amazon and also Netflix because that's the way we're going to see a lot of great original programming now. Mitchell, when we come back, a very, very cool interview with two guys who probably have the most crowded booth at Comic-Con, you'd think? Is that what you, how you describe it? Hands down, the most crowded and probably one of the coolest booths you've ever seen at Comic-Con. Okay, let's hear more of that when we come back right here on Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Your Tech Report. Our Facebook address is facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Or our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Mitchell Whitfield and Mark Aflalo right here on Your Tech Report. Okay, now, Mark. Uh, we all know that I was at Comic-Con. I was there for work, but I was also there for a little bit of pleasure. had time to walk around. I, I wanted to share something with you, and I know you've, you, you're also familiar with this company, there was one booth in particular at Comic-Con in San Diego that absolutely blew me away. And I don't use that term lightly. It genuinely, I was sitting there and standing there, must have been for 45 minutes, just I couldn't <laughs> move away. And that booth was for Sideshow Collectibles. Now, for those of you who don't know about Sideshow Collectibles, number one, if you're a movie or pop culture fan, this is a company that you need to be familiar with. They make some of the best collectible one-sixth scale figures, premium format statues, prints. They have uh, beautiful proprietary products and figures they make. And the level of detail, and, and when I say people make, you know, a company makes figures of, you know, movie characters or comic characters, I'm not talking about the figures, Mark, that we grew up with that you could bend around and you throw in the bin. These are basically, for lack of a better term, pieces of art. The face scans, the poses, the clothing, I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. And I know I wasn't alone because this booth was incredibly crowded the entire time. So, to talk about Sideshow, we brought with us Sideshow's collectible, <laughs> Sideshow's collectible, Sideshow Collectibles project manager, Mike Tolentino, and the VP of Development and Design, Jason Eastman, to talk about what they're doing now, what they did at Comic-Con, and what they have coming up in the future. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Hey, for those who, who haven't seen your stuff in person, and I believe, you know, with the type of stuff you make and distribute, you really need to see these things in person. But for those who are not familiar, let's talk a little bit about the different products you make and what Sideshow does. Uh, yeah, we do a, a variety of uh, pop culture. We, we consider them art. You know, we, we're, we're fans and artists, and so, you know, it comes through in the product. Uh, the, the designs, the sculpts, and, and details that we add to them are because we're fans, and so we... we you know, elevate these pop culture icons into, you know, pieces of art that you feel proud to display in your home because people have, you know, a real 
emotional connection to, you know, Batman, Superman, Luke Skywalker. Uh, and so, you know, we deliver a lot of unique collectibles for all different uh, passions. And they come in different shapes and sizes, correct? For example, I know we're going to talk about the stuff that you sent, but you do one-sixth scale figures, there's a premium format statues, there are prints, and the level of detail, for example, when you guys ship out one of your, let's go with a one-sixth scale figure from a movie, we're talking about multiple pairs of hands in different positions, articulation, uh, clothing, the level of detail is just incredible. Yeah, the, basically the collectors have become so sophisticated, you know, they're, they're, they're not considered toys. So the different scales, you have different type of collectors. So the one-six scale are like your your parents' GI Joes, 12-inch GI Joes on steroids, where they're <laughs> completely movie accurate. You know, you've got weapons where clips and bullets come out, and uh, and then for the other stuff, you're talking about the level of detail. Uh, that's considered one-six. We do uh, quarter scale, and so when you get to that size, you know, you need to have the the more level of detail because you can get right up on it and scrutinize it. So our premium format pieces have a, a lot of mixed materials like uh, cut and sew elements and metal and, and just really allows, you know, these, these characters you've either seen on, on comic book pages or on screen uh, come to life. Uh, no, there and, and once again, I know we're going to talk about this at the end of the interview as well, but uh, people, you need to go to sideshowtoys.com, and you know while you're listening, you can actually be looking at the incredible selection and the incredible detail of the Sideshow products. Uh, you heard me in the introduction talking about how much I love the booth at, at Comic-Con. I think you guys pretty much, I know they don't talk about Comic-Con, someone stealing the show, but if someone did steal the show to me, it would have been you guys. What, what got the best response of what you were showing at Comic-Con and what new products were you showing that are going to be coming out soon? Um, one of the biggest things of Comic-Con, the impacts that we've seen from Comic-Con is Court of the Dead. Uh, we debuted it last year, and being our own property, we couldn't be prouder. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of play in our own sandbox, um, and it's, it got great feedback from down to the people who had no idea what Sideshow was to our, our major collectors to even on the professional level and studio interest and everything just kind of drooling at this this product that's it's it's good to see it's like it's like a parent being able to take his kid off to school and watch him walk away for the first time um <laughs> and then uh a little over solving it selling no it, i like that analogy know, we, we i like a lot that. of passion into everything we do and so to have something where our artists can put their their whole you know interests and passions on display is you know really fulfilling especially to you know, it's, you're, you're putting yourself out at risk and to see the response, you know, for something that is, is unknown. You know, uh, you know, a lot of the pop culture stuff, you know, the Marvel movies now and the upcoming Star Wars, you know, people have grown up on this. You've, you've touched it in some way. And so amongst all of that, when you've got celebrities walking around and, and new trailers debuting, for somebody to be go up and see our Quarter of the Dead, uh, that's something new uh, and, and appreciate it for being something unique and a piece of art, uh, it's fulfilling. The thing that really blew me away when Mitchell first said, hey, check out this website, was that insane attention to detail, whether it's minute stitching or facial scarring or even just the facial likeness of, of the people. So let's talk about the creation process, for example. I go to the website, I type in Batman, I'm seeing every iteration of Batman with, with Michael Keaton's face behind the mask, and I know it's him. How do you create such detail? Because 3D models aren't available of those now to work off of, are they? 
not really. A lot of it's just it's it's research. It's as grueling as it sounds. It's watching these movies and pausing and examining them from every angle that's available on the websites. Um, we are we do have access to Warner Brothers archives that we get to visit every now and then to see the costuming up close to get that that those fabric details just right. And it's it, it it's just countless, countless hours of research and fine-tuning and going over everything with a fine-tooth comb and bringing it to a committee where we all look at it and while everything can't be 100% accurate, we try to debate which which is the battle worth fighting. How, how do you decide which statues and figures actually get produced? Uh, a lot of times, again, there, there's, there's synergy with what's going on in, in, in the marketplace, you know, but for the most part, you know, uh, I have the pleasure of you know, being able to vet our artists and, and finding what pieces that they're most excited about. Because, you know, as I said before, you know, if, if they have a passion for it, it comes through in the art that they're creating. Yeah. And, and if they have a passion for it, there's likely other collectors that are just as deeply uh, ingrained in it. And that's where you get that level of detail, because it's, it's someone who's actually excited to be working on this project of Batman, Superman, or something else is if they're excited, they're going to put that much more attention to us where someone who's just kind of doing it for a paycheck. Wow. Well, let, let me tell you something. I mean, excuse me. When you look, when you look at these figures, and once again, I, I want to come back to what you sent us starting with the uh, one six scale commander, Luke Skywalker, the Hoth figure, um, that the detail that what the time that you're talking about, the hand craftsman craftsmanship, it shows in the figure. That's the whole thing. People look at these figures, just looking at the face likeness of this one-sixth scale that you sent us, looks exactly like Luke Skywalker, Commander Luke in his Hoth gear. Uh, you, there, there are two heads that are in there, one with um, his helmet and goggles, one without. <laughs> and the one thing that really stood out, of course, all the accessories, just the, the, the hilt of the, <laughs> of the lightsaber, then the fully extended one, the level of detail is incredible. But what really stood out to me, and here's what I really wanted to ask, is this something you focus on? the eyes. Now, I know people always talk about the eyes being the window to the soul and all that, but when you look at a, at a figure, the eyes can make or break the realism. And when I looked at this Luke Skywalker figure, the eyes were spot on. I was like, I'm looking at a tiny little man. How much time goes into actually the, and I know this sounds crazy, the eye creation because it is so, so important. Well, on a six scale level, um, I, I can't really give too much information on that, just uh, that's not my department. I'm more right. of the, the statues, so the, the okay. quarter scale and the resin pieces. Um, and that is something that we are always trying to redefine and just make that process as perfect as possible, because you're right, the windows are the eyes of the soul, and they can make or break a figure. Um, and so we've, we've actually done a lot of different processes to enhance that, to make sure that they're dialed in as best as possible. And some of them... You can look at some of them are hand painted, and it's 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 there's a certain skill labor at the factory level that are painting eyes, and they're just making sure they have that that certain gleam to them, that certain look to them, and they're doing just they're sitting there painting eyes all day. There's some that we're doing a decal now where it's getting that decal right, but it's not just the simple matter of like your 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 model decal sheets and just sliding them on. There's there's the placement, and then you also have to put on a certain amount of paint applications afterwards to make sure it looks real. And it's 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 a process. It's one of the things that we focus on the most. And when we when we open the sample, the first thing we look at is the eye line to make sure that everything's right. So it's it it's something that we're constantly working and striving to to improve. And we're we're already have some great examples, but 
we're, we're never going to be satisfied with it. We always want to improve it. Well, you know what? Pepper Potts and I really made a connection. Really made a connection. <laughs> and I think it was because of the eyes. We, we spent a lot of time and research on those come-hither eyes. I mean, it doesn't come easy. <laughs> it's the, I think it, we, we like to call it the smolder look. Uh, you know, uh, don't laugh, guys, because, you know, I also wanted to, you know, I wanted to go into what Mike was talking about before. We are talking about, you know, the Queen of the Dead, which was the premium format statue that you got. And this stands over 20 inches tall. I mean, it is a gorgeous statue. And I really think that if Mark were not a married man and not afraid to talk about it on the air, he might run away with Queen of the Dead because the detail, the look, I mean, it, it's, I, I don't even know what to say. And, and, and something you guys talked about earlier really, really intrigued me, that when you're talking Talking about a proprietary property when it's your own creation, it's sort of like the, the handcuffs have been taken off for you guys because, as you mentioned, you're not bound by the Bible, the history of this particular. You are creating these characters, so working on a, a statue like Queen of the Dead must be inc- incredibly liberating, yes? It's, it, it removes that level of approvals that you have to go through right. that could change some things or make some things. But but also complicate it because yeah. again you have you have a blank slate. I mean a, a lot of times we have, you know we have the same kind of emotional resonance with you know Batman and Superman and you know Spider Man and all them. You know we have a, a starting point. And we get to kind of put our twist on them. So I mean when we go into Court of the Dead, uh, first of all these aren't just standalone statues. Uh, our chief creative officer Tom Gilliland, one of our founders. Uh, he worked with the artists, and, and there's a whole world and story and background to all these characters. And, and so they're, they're, they're creating their own rules, and in some ways they're even harder on themselves than, than the things that we're doing for other people because uh, it's theirs. So uh, there, there's benefits and disadvantages, but... Um, it's great to see, you know, their creativity kind of unbounded by this. No, and, and obviously the Court of the Dead, and in, in looking, there, there's premium artwork, there are pins, uh, there are the premium format statues, there's, there's a huge, rich selection of, of collectibles from that universe that you guys have created. But uh, aside from that, what do you guys have coming up, maybe in the next several months, in the next 12 months, that you guys, it, um, obviously if it's stuff you can talk about, what are you guys excited about that you have coming up that we should be looking forward to in the next few months? One of the things that we, we debuted at Comic-Con just last month, or I guess rather just this month, was our Master of the Universe line, and then we had the Voltron maquette. And that was super exciting for me, just as as a product of the 80s, growing up and playing with those toys and, and having oh, them. Oh, yeah. And, and always, in my mind, having the idea of, oh, if I, if I did He-Man, so to be able to work on He-Man now is, is super exciting for me. Um, and we're excited with the feedback that we got, the the... I think the fan support of that was great. Yeah, we, we sometimes, you know, we're very privileged to, again, to be working with some of these, you know, iconic properties, uh, but also to allow the licensors to kind of allow us to have, you know, our take on them. You know, we, you know our Marvel and DC pieces, you know, especially when you're translating something from, you know, a 2D comic drawing to something that's got to work as a 3D piece that you want to have in your home, uh, and especially the scale we were talking about. Uh, a lot of times we have to do a lot of design work, uh, almost like what they're doing by translating these characters now into film. You know, sometimes, you know, just a single color spandex when you, as you said, have it, you know, two feet tall or even our, you know, our half scale Iron Man that we had at, at the show right. uh, is three feet tall. Uh, you know, you can see every little thing. So if you don't add those extra enhancements, 
then then they just look wrong. Well, I think the biggest compliment we can pay you guys is every bit of work that goes into every bit of research, every every bit of love uh, from the artists, uh, from you guys that goes into what you guys create. It is actually visible. It's tangible. You can see it when you look at the figures. I, I encourage and I plead with all of our listeners, you should go to SideshowToy.com. That's SideshowToys.com and check out everything that Sideshow Collectibles has to offer. Now, listen, we're going to be working with you guys, whether you know it or not, we're going to be working with you guys for a long time. We want to be reviewing your <laughs> products for a long time, so we know we're going to have you back the on door. the air soon to talk about what we can't talk about today. I just wanted to thank you for coming on. You guys you guys do excellent work, and we are really, really big fans. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. When we come back, we wrap up this week on Your Tech Report. Stick around. Your Tech Report will be right back. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Oh, what an awesome show, Mitchell. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield, Mitchell in Los Angeles, Mark in Montreal. At Your Tech Report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our email address, contact at yourtechreport.com. Hey, you know, Mark, uh, I love that interview with the guys from Sideshow. I just want to make sure people know you can go to Sideshow Toy. That's singular, sideshowtoy.com. The second you go to that homepage, Mark, you get sort of a, a taste of, of the kind of quality product and, and beautiful, beautiful collectibles these guys put out there. And you go to the main page, you swear you're looking at statues or action figures or figures of uh, of real people, not actually figures that you, you know, move that are fake. They look like the real actors. I mean, it really will blow your mind. And one thing, you know, we didn't talk about in the interview was I had a chance to go over to the offices of the folks at Sideshow. I went to the Sideshow offices. They're about 15 minutes from my home here in Southern California. Mark, I, I was so blown away by my experience there. And thank you again to Mike and to Jason. It was, they gave me a great tour, but I got to meet with the artists that work on these figures, that create these figures. The artists that create the statues, the hand painting, the, the wardrobe, the detail of the clothing that goes on, like kind of what we talked about in the interview. It really, the, the process, Mark, there's a lot of tech involved, but there's also a lot of love that goes into it, a lot of art, um, a lot of creation. These people are artists that work on these collectibles. They are true artists, and it's one of those things you really have to see to believe. And Mark, when I went there, from the outside, it looks like a regular building, regular office building. Yeah. The second you open the main door to Sideshow, I felt like I was in the magic castle. <laughs> there were secret doors that you couldn't go in. There were these beautiful figures behind glass, posable figures, one-sixth scale, one-quarter scale, full-size figures, uh, bigger. There was a Terminator that must have been like six foot four. Oh, wow. All metal, all these things that you can buy from them. So I, I really, again, and I also have to thank Belin over there because without her, uh, this connection would not have been made. So special thanks to Belin for hooking us up and getting us in with Sideshow. Uh, we are looking forward to working with you guys for months to come. And listen, if people have certain favorites, if you go to the website and you see a certain favorite statue or, or figure, or one sixth, whatever, let us know. Maybe we'll reach out. We're going to be reviewing stuff throughout the year. Maybe we can do a review on one. So once again, thanks to all of our listeners for letting us know that they too were interested in Sideshow because now 
I believe the expression is they've opened up Pandora's box because this place is ridiculously cool. If you've had a chance to try Windows 10, I uh, I, I want to hear. I want to hear your feedback. Please email us, contact at yourtechreport.com, because as I said earlier on the show, Mitchell, we're going to be talking about some, you know, tentpole features of Windows 10 as the weeks continue, the different things that we're going to find out, even Office 2016 is out there. So there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to Windows. Mitchell, thanks for an awesome beginning of the month. This fall is going to be very it? cool. That's it. We've got no more we're time. We're really done? We're done. But I want, I want more time, Mark. You will have more time when we come back next week right here on Your Tech Report. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Flallow. Thank you for joining us again next week on Your Tech Report. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report and enjoy your week. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.